0: I bring greetings from Pastor Paul Bartlett this morning. I had a message from Pastor Paul this morning saying, say hello to everybody and to say thank you for the way that you uh, received him and blessed him uh, and his wife Annette uh, so much last Sunday. They really valued that and and, uh, are praying for you specifically and uh, are looking forward to the journey in the season ahead. So uh, I pass on his greetings to you this morning. Okay, so this, uh, this morning, I want to share something that uh, I believe God's put on my heart and um, something that I believe will help us in um, this season as a church. And the title of my message this morning is Being a People That Build People, Being a People That Build People. I'm not here to build a ministry, I'm here to build people. We are here to build people. Whether that's in our workplace, whether that's in our schools, whether that's in our homes, in our street, wherever it is, I believe that God has called us to build people, to encourage people. There's been moments in my life where um, I don't think you know I, I could actually do something. I thought that, man, there's no way I could do that. But someone believed that I could and they put courage in me to have a go. Then with their encouragement, I discovered that I could do the things that I thought were impossible for me. Someone believed I could. They said I could. They came alongside of me. They guided me. And I discovered that I could do something that I didn't believe that I could. They deliberately encouraged me and built me up. And it's that that I want to talk into this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as I speak, that you would bring transformation in my life and in the lives of those who listen, even to those who listen online through our podcasts and our website. I pray, Father, that right now your presence would manifest in their car, on the running track when they're listening to this message, where right here now I pray that you'd manifest your presence, you'd put ideas uh, it'd be like these chain reactions happen in our spirit and our mind as to how we can outwork this, the people that we see. We can say, man, I, I sense God, you're talking to me about that person. And I, we'd write that name down and, and we'd, we'd do something to reach out to that person this week. So, Father, take this message. Use it for your glory and the extension of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said... <coughs> You know what we can be known as a bodybuilder. I know that that's when you look at me that's what you think naturally. <laughs> we can be, Where did that come from? We can be known as a home builder, we can have, be known as a person who builds a reputation. But that's what I've discovered is that none of those things are going to last. But there is going to be something that I believe that that lasts for an eternity something that we can put our efforts into that will see something last right through to the end of time. And I believe that that is that we can be known for being a people who build people. We can actually leave a legacy in someone else's life that gives them the impetus to continue on, to keep going, to to, to, to press in, to not back off, or to be intimidated by circumstances or people or the lack or a poverty, anything like that. But we can actually speak into people's lives and build people. We can build people. God desires each of us to find an abundant life, an overflow, a surplus, if you like, a life that's fulfilling. I believe that we uh, are a people, God's people are a people that live fulfilling lives. It's not that we uh, doing things to build ourselves up, to live a fulfilling life, means to have an impact in someone else's life where they can go forward and do whatever it is that God has called them to do. Be, it's, it's about something that spills over from our life into the life of someone else. You know, in Matthew, uh, I think it's uh, Matthew 10, verse 8, roughly around that area there. Jesus said to his disciples, go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and stuff like that. He says, as freely you as you have received, freely give. There is always more in God. There is always more in God. There is ne- God never comes to the end and says, yeah, it's, that's all I've got. You know, I've I've emptied my wallet, the piggy bank's empty, uh, there's there's no more. God's always got more, because that's the God that we serve. Because I don't want to serve a God that comes to the end of something and says, that's it, got nothing left. I believe that we serve a God of more than enough. That we serve a God who's got more than enough. But my question to us is this, what have we done with the more that we had before? Have we actually freely given that as we've received that? See, a life that's fulfilling doesn't focus on ourselves. It focuses on other people, building them up, making things happen in and through others, encouraging them in what God is doing and for who they are. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says this, and this is out of the message translation. He says, he comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. I've found that in my life. There are things that I've gone through in my life that God can't brought me through. And I find myself then positioned alongside of other people who are going through difficulty. They're going through hardship. There's trauma in their world. And I am there to help them to get through that because God helped me to get through what I went through. I can actually represent and be the, the, the presence of God in another person's world that speaks life, that gives life, that illuminates the, the gospel message to them that there is always more in God. Romans 15 verse 2 says, Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. The people that you're walking alongside of today and this week, maybe you're not there just for you. Maybe you're there for them. Maybe you're there to come alongside of them and to help them through what they're going through. Can you imagine a community where we did things to build people up around us? We encouraged them. We spoke destiny in and through them. What could that do in a community? What could that do in in the Adelaide Hills if each one of us said, I'm not here for me, I'm here for the people around about me? Because I guarantee when we have that focus, someone else will have that focus for us. They'll have that word that you need. They'll have that hug that you need. They'll have that exhortation, that encouragement that you need. But we need to be focused on other people. I've never seen a generation more focused on itself than the one that we lived in today. I don't know about you. There's a reason it's called a selfie. Because it's all about me. I don't want to be known as a person that's all about me. I want to be known as a person that changed the course of people's lives and got them into eternity to live for eternity for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want this church to be known as a church that builds people. You know, if we did this in our community, I would like to suggest to us this morning that mental health issues would reduce, suicides would go down, bullying in our schools and the workplaces would stop, and the atmosphere over our city could be changed, and all because we made a deliberate decision to build someone else up. Encouragement can change the entire course of a person's life and change the health of a city. Twelve blokes hung around Jesus. Jesus built those people. He built the disciples. Today, we live in the, the fruits of Jesus building twelve people. I believe that God could do the same through you. See, this is what encouragement means. It comes from a Greek word. It means parakaleo. It, it means to, to go to someone's side in order to connect them, to strengthen them, to comfort them, to push them, in a, uh, to act in a certain way. The word para, that parakaleo, the, the first part of it means to, to, to close beside, uh, to make a call from being up close and personal. Okay? The word encourage me, comes from a, a, a family of Greek words where all the words encourage, they exhort, they comfort, they convey the idea of urging someone forward, stimulating them to good works to lift their spirit. So this is what encouragement could be. It's the rallying call used in speeches by leaders and by soldiers. Freedom! I thought I'd just spare you with the makeup and the the whole thing like that, you know. It's used to urge and motivate each other onwards. It's a word used to encourage fearful soldiers courageously into battle. It's a word used to make an ordinary person cope courageously with a dangerous situation. It's a word to to encourage a person in great distress, which keeps them on their feet, who then, when left to themselves, would normally collapse. It's a word that we can use to enable a person who's at the breaking point in their life to pass the breaking point and not break. It's a, it's a, that, those are some of the, the things that, that encouragement can be in someone's life. Have you ever wondered why many people enjoy doing exercise with someone else? I love going on the park run with all the people around about me. See, one of the boom trades or ministries or or occupations today is that of a personal trainer. So many people are accessing personal trainers today. Why? Because many times that we will go further, we'll go harder, we'll go longer and faster because someone's there with us encouraging us, building us up to be able to do that. So where we go, It's one more repetition. You can do this. Just make it to the next bend. Just do another kilometre. Let's do this. You can do this. It's someone standing alongside of us, encouraging us, you're better, you're stronger than you think you are, and you can do this. That's what encouragement does. That's what building people up does. So what is an encourager? An encourager is, a, is one who builds us up. They lift us up when we're down. They motivate us when we want to give up. Anyone ever want to give up? You just think, to heck with it. I'm done with it. I just want to walk away. Some of you have thought about that in the way of life. You've come to a point in your world and what you want to do is walk away. Can I be honest with you? There's been times in my world that I've wanted to do that. My mother actually did. Came to the end, she couldn't go in. I I, I wondered what would happen if someone was there to build her up at that time. Would she still have killed herself? I wonder. We can change the course of a person's life by simply being there in the moment and encouraging them. Encouragement, a person who encourages, stands with us through challenging times and seasons. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, Our chief want in life is to find someone who will make us do what we can. In other words, they're going to be there to encourage us. See, people need encouragement. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's one of my primary spiritual giftings is the gift of encouragement. See, discouraged people are everywhere. We just need to slow down long enough to see them. I don't know about you, but I lead a fairly busy life. Anyone else here lead a busy life? The question I've got to ask myself is, how many times have I been too busy to see that someone's needing encouragement? They've been discouraged. You know, there's different levels of of discouragement, ranging from mild discouragement right through to disabling discouragement where they think that they just can't do anymore that's it i've come to the end of myself i'm on my knees i can't get up lord bring us to those people that we can see them lord bring us to those people let us notice those people as we walk through our lives who could we encourage who could we build up see i believe that we can be a people who build people the Bible encourages us to do that. In, in Romans fifteen too, I've already said it, that each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up, speak into his life, her life. I was out for a run just the other week. And as I was running, like it's maybe 6.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock, sorry, it would be after 7. But as I'm, I'm running, I'm, I'm on the second half of my 10K run, and I see a, uh, an SA ambulance volunteer walk across the path in front of me, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, go and encourage that person. I'm thinking, what? I'm, I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I must smell. And I, Seriously, I don't know if you know about this, this about me, but I'm what they call a sweater. That means I think about work and I break out in a sweat. That's how bad it is. So if you get me running, like it's turn on the tap, baby. It's just, I'm going to leak copious amounts of sweat. Okay? So I, I'm into the, the, the second 5Ks. I'm probably at the, 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 uh, the 8K mark of my run. And I see this lady and I felt the Holy Spirit say, go and encourage her. I stopped my run, turned back. I said, excuse me, just I just want to thank you for what you do in our community. I want to thank you for making our community a safer place and for the way that you volunteer in our community and you help our community. Thank you so much for what you do. Turned around, she said, thank you so much, and I kept running. That's how hard it is. That's, 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 That's as hard as it got. I pray it made her day. I pray it built her up. But sometimes we've just got to slow down long enough to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit Some of you get people's faces and names come to you during the day. And you think, well, what would I think about that person? Maybe because you need to phone them. Maybe because you need to reach out to them. I do that in my day. At the start of my Monday morning, I sit down with my to do list. And the first thing on my list is, I need to pray. I need to phone these people this week. And I write down, I just say, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to ring? and I work through the list, and I start to ring people. It's amazing how many times they think, and I've heard the the, the statement, you made my day, thank you so much, it's so good to have you phone me." So, this morning I want to help us to build people, to be a people that build people. You ready for that? Three people, excellent, I love it. I'm in the right place for those three people. First thing, and the, the... we need to understand that Jesus did this in a certain way. And what I want to do is to just say, okay, if Jesus did this this way, then maybe we can do this this way as well. There's four things that Jesus did to build people up. And I want to do the same thing. I want to give you four points. And to, to, uh, to do this, I've actually uh, used some material from, um, what's his name? Rick Warren from Saddleback Church as well to help me to put this together. Because I think uh, I don't need to reinvent the wheel, uh, but I have... Um, done what I feel that God has wanted me to do with this message. So, number one, build people with a personal vision for them. Build people with a personal vision for them. Ephesians four one says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, what Paul is saying is, don't waste your life, make it count, be all that God made you to be. That's what Paul's saying. To us. That's what Paul was saying to his, uh, his audience at the church in Ephesus. See, encourage people by speaking to their potential with vision. Challenge them with who God's made them to be and what God has made them to do. Draw destiny and purpose and dreams and fulfillment from them. Okay, Their destiny, their purpose, their dreams uh, and their life are to be filled. They're still on the table. God hasn't walked away from that might be that we are the ones that walked away from that. Because we've had enough. We're, we're discouraged. We're, we're finding it hard to, to keep going on during the week. But God hasn't given, that up, given up on that dream. He's still spoken into your life the things that He wants you to do, the things He wants you to achieve in your world. We need to challenge people. To live beyond themselves and to discover their strengths and their abilities. God's given each of us special abilities. to be. So what we need to do is to, to be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings and, and the things that he has in store for us. Matthew 10.8, I, I, I talked about that. Freely you have received and freely give. In other words, well, we need to help... to to meet the needs of other people. We need to build them up. We need to reach out to them. We need to come alongside of them and speak words of life into them. We need to help them to achieve what they need to achieve in life. There are people here that you're you're just at the start of understanding your destiny in God, your purpose in God. God wants to breathe even more onto that. He wants to open up doors of opportunity for you. God wants to, to, to reach people that only you can reach. Yeah, I can't reach them. Uh, you are, are there in that moment and you need to reach them. For goodness sake, don't just invite them to church thinking that I'm going to get them saved because I can't. Like Pastor Paul said last Sunday, you know, you've worked for months and months and months on getting a certain, uh, a certain person from your workplace to come to church. Finally, they say yes. And I talk on tithing, the very reason that they wouldn't go to church in the first place. You can talk to them where you're at. You can talk to them in your workplace. Take them out for a coffee. It's called engagement with intention. Evangelism with intention. Sitting down having a cup of coffee with someone. And as you're talking to them, they talk about life and things that they're struggling with and things that are happening in their world. And then right at the end as you're about to to get up and go, it's simply saying this. Thanks so much for meeting with us today. I've heard what you've said and I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you for those things that you shared your heart about with me. And that's it. Get up, walk away. But then maybe a week, two weeks later, just give me a phone call. I've been praying about what you said over at coffee. How's that going? Have you noticed any change? Has there been any difference in your world? No? Well, then I'm going to continue to pray. Yes. Wow, really fantastic. But be deliberate. It's it's, it's just re- it's coffee with intention. And it's just very easy. It's very, very relaxed. There's no heavy pressure sales pitch. A three-month payment plan. We can play a critical role in the lives of others by helping them discover their strengths and their abilities and challenging them to use them. I'm challenging you to use the gifts that God's got you in your life. Most people rise to a challenge, especially especially if it's tied to the vision of who God created them to be and what God created them to do. They're open to that. Secondly, build people by giving them confidence. Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong in the faith ought to help the weak in order to build them up in their faith. We all need confidence. We all need confidence. When we know that someone believes in us, it brings out our best. Jesus did this with Peter. Peter's name, Petros, meaning pebble. Jesus said, pebble, you're going to be a rock. I'm giving you a new name. So, when Jesus said that to Peter, the apostle was anything but a rock. He was Mr. Impulsive, Mr. Foot and Mouth. That's who Peter was. But Jesus didn't tell him what he was, he told him what he could be. Jesus gave Peter the confidence to live up to his potential. So, three things that encouragement needs to be number one, encouragement needs to be genuine. Give it from the heart with sincerity. Number two, it needs to be regular. Make your encouragement a regular part of what you do. Don't be stingy with encouragement. Number three, it needs to be specific. Don't say, I enjoyed the meal. Simply say, rather, I can tell you put a lot of effort into this meal and the seasoning you chose was absolutely perfect. I loved that amount of chili in my, my tea. I love the top of my head sweating when I eat a chili. Anyone else like that? You know that's the first place that Mate, I am weird, and there's some other weird people with me too. Yes. Woo. Third thing that we need to do is to build people with honest, loving wisdom. Proverbs 27 verse 6 out of the Passion translation says, "You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty. You can trust a friend. A friend who wounds you with his honesty. Real friends care enough to confront. Even when it's painful, they'll tell us the truth. They won't let us waste our life in silence. I've found correction is powerful and it can be dangerous. But done the right way, it builds people up. Done the wrong way, it can scar a person for life. The difference between good wisdom and bad wisdom is our attitude. Is the way that we deliver it, is the way that we share what it is that we need to share with someone. So before we actually do anything, you know, if all we're doing is pointing out a person's faults, stop, 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 stop. It's not about pointing everything that they're doing wrong. The purpose has to be to correct, not to condemn. Before we correct anyone, we need to ask this question. What is my motive in doing this? Am I correcting them for my benefit or for them? Many times we want to correct people because they are just being a jerk. Okay, They're hassling us. So we think if they'd stop being a jerk, my life would be easier. So I'm going to say this to them. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the wrong motive. It's the wrong motive. It's the wrong motive. See, we need to follow the, the advice that Paul gives to the Ephesians church in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, speak the truth in love. If people understand that we come from a motivation of love and wanting the best in them and through them, that we're, we're there for the long haul, we're going to walk this through with them, then we, they can see that we're genuine about that. And we're going to give them some honest, loving wisdom. Loving means giving people what they need rather than what they deserve. So affirm the person, correct the behavior. The fourth thing that we need to do is to build people by giving them credit. There's a saying that I've seen around. God can do great things through the person who doesn't care who gets the credit. Let me say that again. God can do great things through the person who doesn't care who gets the credit. How quickly do we share credit? How quickly do we share the, the great stuff that maybe happened in the workplace, in the classroom, in our families, in our homes? How quickly do we share that credit? It's human nature to want to share the blame whilst keeping the credit for ourselves. But God marks the, uh, says the mark of maturity is to accept the blame and share the credit. The difference between King Saul and King David in the Old Testament was that Saul blamed everyone else for what was going wrong in his world. But David accepted the blame and was actually called later a man after God's own heart. Being a people builder requires selflessness. And we can be a people who build people. How about we begin right now, right now. By writing down the name of one person, just one person, that we want to build up, let's stop and pray for that person right now. As I've said this, okay, who this week, today, could you build up? Who could you encourage today, this week? Everyone got someone in mind? Put your hand up if you've got someone in mind. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd give us the words to speak, the action to do that sees someone else, these people that we have in mind built up, that we can encourage them and we can speak life and destiny and purpose and fulfillment in their life. That Maybe today we could change their world by simply reaching out to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Help us, Holy Spirit, to do that. Amen. We need to ask God to show us a person's strengths because we always build on strengths, not weaknesses. Imagine the impact we could have if we committed ourselves to being a people who build people, to bringing out the best in others, helping release the potential of others. Imagine how different our community could be because of that. So how do we become a people who build people? We just need to be an encourager. You might ask, how do I become an encourager? Well, glad you asked. We must first of all be encouraged ourselves in God. Have a strong heart and a strong spirit ourselves. Okay? We need enough energy in our battery to jumpstart someone else's battery. Does that make sense? Okay? I don't know about you, but like if if I'm broken down on the side of the road because I've got a flat battery, what I don't need is for someone else to rock up whose battery is just as flat. I need someone who can actually jumpstart my battery with their battery and not blow my system up. So that tells me that if I'm to build someone else up, I need to be built up in myself, in God as well. Because it's out of the overflow of my life that I'm going to minister to someone else. It's out of the overflow, the the abundance of what God's doing in me, that I can impart the encouragement and the building up that a person needs. Okay? So there's a a great example of this is in King David in Ziklag. In in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. uh, Many of us may know the story. David's been uh, doing some raiding and stuff like that, but he comes back to Ziklag. His, t- his village has been absolutely wiped out. His uh, wi- women and children have been flogged by this ra- uh, raiding party and, and uh, th- there's just a great uproar in David's raiding party itself. So much so that the people who are with David are talking about stoning David because of all their family being flogged and, and captured and, and put into slavery by this ra- other party that's come along. David, what's his first response? David, in verse 6, he says, But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord is God. That was the number one thing that David did in that moment. He encouraged himself. He built himself up in that moment. Then they pursued the enemy. But it was only because he was encouraged and built up himself. Can I suggest to us this morning, that as born-again spirit-filled believers, we have ex- access to divine strengthening and encouragement through the Holy Spirit. One evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that of speaking in tongues. We need to a- activate it. We need to ramp it up. I don't know if you know this, but 1 Corinthians 14:2 says, "He who speaks in tongues speaks directly to God." When you start to speak in tongues, you're not speaking to anyone else. It's you and it's God. Anytime I speak in tongues, what I imagine happening is that I'm standing there, I'm speaking in tongues, and I've got this light of sheer energy going from me to God and God to me. It's like this, like beam me up Scotty, this, this, this stuff that's, that's happening. It's just this sheer column of light going to, to the throne of God and me talking to God. Enemy's got no clue what I'm talking about. I've got no clue what I'm talking about, but my spirit does. My spirit knows what's happening. In Jude verse 20, it says, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. You want to build yourself up? Start speaking in tongues. I feel stronger already. I've encouraged myself. You think I'm mucking around. Actually, I'm not. I do feel stronger. Because I've trained my mind. I understand that there is a spiritual dynamic that happens when I start to activate the gift of speaking in tongues. And we need to wrap that up, church. One of the things I miss in being a policeman was the 35-minute drive from home to Carrington Street in the city. Because in that 35 minutes of of time, I would speak in tongues the whole way. I'd listen to to, uh, music uh, and stuff like that. But I'd I'd speak in tongues on the way there. And on the way home, if I remembered, I'd speak in tongues as well. I always spoke in tongues when the freeway was blocked. I always used to grab my Bible too. Like if the, the traffic was at a standstill, this is the old devil's elbow days, when there's a truck roll over or whatever and the road was blocked, and the traffic was so slow, like you, you'd move, like, in half an hour, you'd maybe move five meters. I noticed that every single time I grabbed my Bible to start reading it, the devil would open up the freeway. He is not wanting me to read the Bible. He's not wanting me to pray in tongues. He says, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to open up the freeway. We need the Spirit of God In us, for us, but on us, for the world. The hand of the Lord is upon us to reach out with the hand of the Lord. See then, when we've encouraged and strengthened and built up ourselves, we need to look for the opportunities to be an encourager, to build someone else up. It's not about being self-centered and only concerned about ourselves. Listen to this. Romans 15 verse 1 out of the Message Bible says this. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. That's a good word right there. Strength is for service, not status. When I'm strong, I'm better able to help people around about me. When I'm weak, I need someone else strong around about me, or I encourage myself. I've got to tell you, we need to get into the act of self-feeding as a church, as a people of God. It would surprise us, I think, to find out how many people don't have a devotional time with God during the week. And then we wonder why we're struggling with. We have no strength in ourselves. We don't have any courage. We don't have any faith. We don't do the things that God is asking us to do. We don't share our faith with other people. Why would I share my faith with someone else if I'm not excited about my faith myself? It's a different sermon. Many opportunities go begging simply because we find ourselves too busy to stop when the Holy Spirit has highlighted a need that He wants to meet through us. I don't know about you, but you just go flying through life. I know that I've run past people. I've driven past people. And because I needed to get somewhere, and I felt the Spirit of God say you need to stop and talk to that person because my agenda has been more important than God's, i continued on. Sorry, you didn't want an honest pastor. If I do this, I'm fairly certain most of us do this. And I'm not trying to bring condemnation. What I'm saying is we need to slow down. Never more than ever have we got so much technology to make so much more use of our time. But I don't know about you, the more we use technology, the less time we have. Building people up is going to take time from our busy days. We must slow down and take time. Learn the art of cultivating His presence and handling it well. Never talk down to people when we're giving encouragement and building them up, come into the, to where they're at. Come into the moment, not to, 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 to wallow in what they're doing. Come in with strength and purpose. Because you know what? Sometimes the last thing they need is someone else in the pig pen with them. Does that make sense? And I, I don't mean to belittle what people are going through. That's not my heart. But I'm simply saying we need to, to go down uh, into where a person is at with the purpose of giving them a hand and taking them and leading them out. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1-2 to two says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Use positive words of faith to build someone up. Words of approval, love and acceptance and praise. Matthew 17 verse 5 says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It says in in Mark chapter 1 verse 11, Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. See, God's going to give us something for us, and God's going to give us something for everybody else to hear. There's an uh, author, Don Bashan, he says, As our approval bucket is filled, our entire personality flourishes. But if that bucket remains empty, the personality withers and suffers deprivation. In other words, keep your bucket full of God. I was talking with someone this week. If you know that you've got a heavy week of things on your calendar that are going to drain you, you must make sure that there is balance so that you do something that fills you to balance out what, what drains you. You've got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to have nothing for nobody, at least of all yourself. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 16.24, Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. We need some pleasant words. Building up others doesn't happen by accident. It needs to be deliberate, intentional, on purpose, a conscious decision. You know, Paul alluded to it a little bit earlier when he was talking at uh, the uh, engage and encourage part. I've finished my race. I've done the 5K run on a Saturday morning. What I love to do is to backtrack back onto the course because it's just out of the parkway, right, on the path, and... I like to encourage people that are coming in after me in fact I like to encourage people when I'm out on the run as well but I find it really hard to suck in breath and encourage someone at the same time because I'm I'm dead set I'm going to hock up a lung all right I'd much rather to do it when my heart rates come back down to a normal level so I go back out on the, the track after I've finished. And good job, keep going, great run, you're doing really well, you're almost there, just give it a quick burst now, you're going to finish with a flourish, go for it, you can do this, you can beat your best time, you've got a PB coming up. And every time that you start to see that happen, you see them start to lift, lift their head, they run a little bit faster, some don't, but every time people say, thanks man, I really appreciate it, good on you, thanks for doing that, you know, it helps people, it lifts people up. So who could we do that for in the story of life, in the race of life that we go through in this week? As we're at work, as we're in the shops maybe, uh, I don't know what it was this week, but this week Jane and I went shopping on Wednesday afternoon. And in the shops, I I, I kid you not, it was maybe 6, 10, 12 people that we met in the shops And it was a blast. I loved it. It was just an amazing ability just to encourage someone, to say, what's happening in your world? By the way, the specials are over in that part of the shop. Just it was a great opportunity to to just hang out and just to encourage people. And we were in the shops. Now, did I start a seven-point sermon on whatever? No. All I did was say, it's great to see you. How are you doing? So glad we met. It was just a good time to have. Who could we do that for this week? Yeah. Like Jane, um, when we are at the checkout, there's a lady who's coming in after us. She had a, a her arms full, number one, with a, a newborn. And uh, she also had another child that was uh, standing around as well. But she had a pusher full of groceries so jane just helps her unload the groceries that it meant so much to that lady and it wasn't hard it was just slowing down enough to see that there was a need and we could meet the need so here's here's some, some things that we could do we need to get some encouragement in our mouth this week okay here's what it might sound like you are much stronger than you think you are you're braver than you think you are Here's a good one you need to say to some people this week, okay? So far, you have survived 100% of your worst day. You've survived 100% of your worst days. You're still here. That's surely going to be good news. <clears throat> your hardest times often lead to the greatest moments in your life. Keep the faith. It's going to be worth it in the end. Keep going. God is fighting your battles. He's arranging things in your favor and making a way even when you can't see a way. Have you ever uh, read Psalm 77? Psalm 77 verse 19 says this. I love this. It says, Your road led through the sea, Your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway that no one knew was there. Moses rocks up to this beach. He's s- surrounded on each side and in front by nature itself. Behind him, he's got the entire Egyptian army chasing him down. And Moses is saying, ah, what do I do now? You see, God's always got a way out. God's got, always got a way ahead. We need to just simply believe that he's going to come and he's going to reveal it to us at just the right time. See, that's what God does. He's so good at that. And this is what you can tell someone. God's got a way out for you. You're in financial difficulty. God's got a way forward for you. You're in a relationship issue. God's got a way for you. God's going to break through for you. This is not your end. This is just the start. This is the start of something good. God is going to do amazing in your world. You've come this far, don't give up now. C.S. Lewis said this, hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. We are a people that build people, church. So let's let our, get our encouragement on. The world has plenty of critics already, okay? Leave the critics to whatever they do best. What we're going to do best is build people. We are a people that build people. Giving up is not an option. Look at your mountain. And as big as it is, say, you know what? I know the one that created you. I know the one that put you together and he's bigger than you. Don't tell me how big your problem is. Tell me how great your God is. We are the hand that reaches out. We are the smile to those who have no reason to smile. We are the light for those who live in darkness. What will this community look like when we as a people build other people? Two Corinthians five twenty verses. Uh, Two Corinthians five verses twenty to twenty one says this: We are ambassadors of the Anointed One, who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. In other words, let's let's tell them what God would tell them. See that that's all that the prophetic is. It's simply saying, as you're talking to someone. Lord Jesus, if you were here with this person right now, what would you say to this person? That's an internal conversation. And I guarantee you, God will download to you in a burst transmission exactly what needs to be said to that person. God, if you were here, Jesus, if you were here right now, what would you say to this person? I loved it when our kids' church came in and did that. It was amazing how many people said, That was spot on, what the kids spoke to me. I'm done. Let's stand. Can I just have you just bow your heads, please, and uh, just close your eyes. No looking around. I just want to give people an opportunity to be honest this morning. I know that there are people here this morning, you're doing it tough, you're in a tough season. I know that there are people here, you, you, you've had that question, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. I'm not sure that there's hope for me. But this morning I want to tell you there is. I want to tell you that there is. The enemy's tried to do everything he can to take you out. But you're here and you are standing. And I want to tell you the strength of God is yours right now. The encouragement of the Holy Spirit is upon you. If you're needing a word of encouragement this morning, I want to just open up the front. If, you, if you'd like that, you just want God to speak into your heart, speak into your world. You just need to hear from Him. Just want a, some form of encouragement this morning. The front's open. Just come out the front. love to pray with you. I've got to tell you right now, my battery's full and overflowing. I've got a supercharge on. I'm up for this. Because I believe that God will speak to you as we start to pray together, I believe that God's going to speak to you and encourage you. I believe that God is going to put a spring in your step. It's going to give you keys to unlock the door that's in front of you that you want to go through. I believe that God's going to do some things in your world this morning. God's going to do some things in your heart and your spirit this morning. Is there anyone else this morning that just wants some encouragement? Just, just want to hear from God. Thank You, God. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for Your goodness. Thank You for Your goodness, Lord. Thank You for Your goodness, Lord. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your goodness. Right now, Holy Spirit. Right now, Holy Spirit. Thank You for speaking to people, encouraging them in Jesus' mighty name. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. God. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Thank you, God. Right now, Holy Spirit, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. There's more. There's more. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just going to have Alina just lead us in this next song. just going to pray for some people. If you'd like some prayer for anything, that's cool, come out the front. I'd love to pray with you if you need healing, a breakthrough, if you need something in your world to break open, you need the courage, the boldness. yeah I find it interesting sometimes. this is just an aside that uh, Peter and I think it was John I can't remember. But they actually get uh, hauled in before the Pharisees and, and everything else like that because they've been preaching about Jesus. And um, they get persecuted, actually, for their faith. They get flogged and then released. Okay? They head to a prayer meeting, and they're not saying, Oh, guys, we need, you need to come around us. Uh, we've just been flogged. We just, you know, like, It's just so bad. I, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm walking away. What do they do? They said, God, give us more boldness that we can preach the Word even stronger. Preach the Word even, even with greater clarity. They weren't backing away from the call of God. So if you need this morning, you're going through something, there's a, uh, something that's happening in your, in your life, I believe that we need to pray for, for boldness and courage in this moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.